0: Alicia here with my good friend Phil Snow, the stats guy. And remember that stats are cool. And this time I'm going to say his name right, Cade Bidlack. I
1: appreciate that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is pre- uh, presented by with Three Chord Studios and Swat and Welding. And also shout out to L.C. Tiger Sports Live Studios for providing the equipment today. All right, Phil, we got some pretty exciting uh, games that went over uh, the weekend here. Yeah,
2: there was a lot of excitement over this weekend. We had regional girls basketball. We had district boys basketball. We had state bowling tournaments for both boys and girls. And we also had district wrestling going on. Man, it was a jam-packed weekend in sports. Uh, It was a jam-packed week in sports. Oh, yeah, absolutely. uh, Especially for all of our area coverage teams. Uh, A lot of things going on, so it was – it was pretty exciting to see a lot of it. I know uh, I caught a thriller last night in Napoleon, uh, mm-hmm. an OG Liberty game that was very physical, very fun to watch, which we'll get to later, obviously. But, uh, you know, just just this is this is the time of year I live for. I yeah. swear, you know, March, you get those those buzzer beaters in college basketball, teams that you've never even heard of that are like, oh, wait, they have basketball there. <laughs> You know, and then it's just it's just kind of, like the golden retrievers. I, I mean, I, all that stuff. I mean, this is how you find out about uh, what is it, La, Loyola,
0: Loyola Chicago. Yeah, I mean, that, the this Ram is the time of
2: years for that. So ramble on. So yeah, go. Uh, we'll dig dig right into it here.
0: All right, so we're going to go into boys division two uh, bowling here. Uh, unfortunately, our tigers did not uh, advance to the to the. Only oh, got to the first round there. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, Baker so so
2: let, Okay, so this is how this but, worked. They but, did. How does it work? They did three. Regular games, regular games and three Baker games, okay. and at the end of the three regular games, we were in second place, and at the end of three regular or at the end of the three Baker games, we were still in second place. Dang! So they had to bowl three Baker or uh, three regular regular games. You add up the pin total place, mm-hmm. and then after the three Baker games that everybody bowls, they take the top eight seeds, and then they play in a tournament style ah. bracket which is what's in front of you there so in the bracket okay. liberty center was the two seed uh-huh. and played against the seventh seed just like a normal uh like the nba playoffs one through gotcha. eight or whatever how it goes so that's you know a lot of those are confusing in the districts they bowled five baker games in the sectionals i think they bowled five baker games in the nwol i think they bowl like two uh three and five two so it's you know a lot of different stuff goes on in the tournament but down down there at the state level you get the three and three and then after that they take top eight Okay. And those are the places that get a chance to bid for the for the state championship. Okay. Wallace, there's I think eighteen I think maybe teams down there twenty maybe something like that. Okay, uh, twenty two or twenty three teams down there. So you got to make top eight to be able to to bid for the state championship. And Liberty Center did make the top eight. I, they they finished yeah, in easily. second place, mm-hmm. I believe, behind Coldwater. Yep, who was Cold the one seed? Yep, Coldwater and, was the number seed. Coldwater. You know, Coldwater uh, again. We talked about them last week. Uh, just how good they were winning the districts over Liberty Center in the district tournament uh, just a week ago. So, yeah, that was – it was just tough, man.
3: It was tough.
0: So, Liberty got in those Baker games a 190, a 175, and a 191, and losing to how – DeGraff. DeGraff Riverside. Uh, Bowled a 204, a 225, and a 216.
2: Yeah, some of the people I talked to really just – you know, Liberty Center was not getting any pin action on those Baker games, and it just seemed like a lot of those roll-around pins where they're like, "Eh, is it going to knock it over? All were falling over for DeGraff uh, in those matches, and you know, I I think Liberty Center bowled some adequate Bakers games, uh, but just, you know, just got out bowled a little bit there at the end. Uh, But you know what? At the end of the day, uh, Liberty Center graduates one senior Mm -hmm. uh, from the boys' bowling squad. And to be able to bring back experience that they have, uh, you're looking at a guy like, you know, Landon Amstutz, uh, who I just want to mention real quick, earned second team all Ohio. He finished seventh, so earning uh, first – one through five as first team all Ohio. Five through ten – or six through ten, excuse me, um, would be second team. And then uh, 11 through 15 would be third team all Ohio. We had two – Tigers making it Landon Amstutz for his second consecutive season mm. uh, was named second team All-Ohio. So, congrats to Landon Amstutz on his finish there. And then also for the Liberty Center Tigers, Jacob Sexton, Sexton. Uh, right. was named to third team All-Ohio. So, two Tigers finishing in the top ten in the All-Ohio uh, – the yeah, in the first and second team All-Ohio – or second and third team All-Ohio, excuse me. So, uh, good stuff there. You know, mm. tough, tough loss. And, you know, Isaiah – I you know it's, we talk about the, it. It Just seems like every time Liberty, liberty gets beat, like the state champ is, uh, <laughs> has done it. You know, uh, yeah, it, three out of the last four or five so let, years in so football. Uh, it's so just here. It's, it's a curse.
0: Ca- ca- uh, Orville. It all started in my senior year. In Orville. Orville. Yep. Then it, then it went to Carry. Am I missing anyone else in, in that time span right there? I don't think I am.
2: No, it was two. Yeah, 2019, and then well, actually, Orville, I think
0: Kerry, and
2: then they, then we got beat by Archibald in the playoffs in 1931-30. to 30. So, not that year because Archibald nope. got
0: ramped by Anna. Anna. <laughs> um, that one
2: that was probably one of the best then, Division six football teams I've ever seen in my life. That uh, I
0: believe South Range was the next one.
2: Yep, South Range. So, three out of five years. Yeah, three out of yeah.
0: five years we've lost to the potential state champion. Uh I guess you can blame 2018 for that I guess hey you know but
2: you know but I was also saying this earlier when you when you look at the retrospective how things are at Liberty right now uh, before we move on to a couple more bowling things obviously we want to talk about the state champion and Mm -hmm. you know how that ended up but uh you know one thing about Liberty Center sports you talk about regionals in the football state final four in football uh you're talking about Regionals and lady bas- uh, in the in the lady tigers basketball. You're talking about district qualifiers and bowling, uh, state qualifiers and bowling. Five out of five wrestlers moving on to the state semis or the state championship match, which we'll get to in just a momentarily. But the success that we're having right now, it's just it seems like it seems like it's something that everybody wants to be a part of, and it just yeah. kind of just seems like everybody's hopping on board, and you know. Before we move on real quick, I just wanna talk we 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 took a spirit bus to Elida Fieldhouse and yeah. packed the whole spirit bus. Uh I thought Liberty would bring a good crowd, but man, did they surprise me with how good it actually was. Yeah, it was a, it was an crowd. unbelievable atmosphere. I'd never been to a regional basketball game. Uh it was an unbelievable atmosphere. The crowd was electric the whole way through. Um once, once again we'll get to that in a little bit. So so Nine media outlets were there for that game. And, you know, when you're talking about the likes of OG, you know, okay, the success that OG's had over the last several years, boys, girls, boys just win their fourth state fourth straight district championship. Girls won their fourth straight district championship just a couple of weeks ago. You know the success they have there. So, obviously, people are going to want to follow those guys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just look at the consistency over the years. I mean, they just get it done every single, every single year, and it's expected now. Absolutely. So, so back to bowling. Sorry. Back to bowling. <laughs> <laughs>
0: back to bowling. Uh, so DeGrav Riverside uh, as the seventh seed goes on to win the state title, beating uh, Rocky River Lutheran West. Never heard of that school in my life. I actually have. I yeah, actually yeah, have Lutheran yeah.
2: West. Normally, people just refer to them as Luther- Rocky River High School. Re- yeah, Rocky they don't Rocky say River. the Lutheran West, but okay. Yeah, I actually have heard of those.
0: And then uh, on the above, on the top side of the bracket, Coldwater advances also, bringing. Bowserston, Bowserston, Contin Valley. Am I saying that correctly? Contin. C- thank you. <laughs> Contin Valley. Never heard. Where's that at?
2: I think they won the girls' bowling title. So okay, for the first wow. time in school history.
0: Dang. Congratulations to them. And then uh, it came down to Coldwater, the number one seat and the number seven seat. And DeGrav won that one uh, very handily, Phil and uh, DeGraff-Riverside winning their state, winning the state title over the number one seed Cavaliers of Coldwater.
2: Yeah, you know, and I'd be interesting to see what the total was there for DeGraf, um after their games. Uh, you know, they, you know, they might have struggled a little bit getting in that seventh seed, but when you're looking at the teams that were in there, you know, maybe they did bowl good and some of those teams just bowled better. I'd like to see what their scores were, but um, great time to ride some momentum. Uh, obviously, they were bowling really well down the stretch yeah, and, uh, and were able to finish off. You know, Coldwater, which we've seen over the last couple of weeks, has been a very nice bowling team. I Absolutely. think Coldwater had an individual that placed in the top ten, if I'm not mistaken. Both, uh, both pretty well. So uh, they're a very adequate bowling team. So for that, uh, DeGraph to be able to go in there and beat Coldwater the way they did, I think they won by a couple hundred pins. So yeah, uh, um,
0: the one thing that sticks out here is that um, DeGraph started out with a two thirteen then a 168, and then finished off to two and a, to back-to-back 200s with 219 and a 208 versus Coldwater's 149, 170, a 214, and a 161. So, DeGraff kind of put it to them.
2: Well, and you know, those uh, – like I said, guys, I, I just had this pop up on my memories this morning on Facebook. I was there last year for the girls' tournament, and uh, the atmosphere, I, I've seen a lot of things. It's, it's, it's right up there in my top five uh, for some of – for some, yes, it was. I actually talked to a couple of people that tried to go down there on Saturday morning and could not get tickets for it. It was sold out. I messaged Isaiah about it, actually. It's just, you know, it, it's great to see. You know, bowling had kind of started a little bit slow back when I was in high school. We didn't have a bowling team here in 2011, but uh, it was definitely in the works at that time. Um, and it was something that I was all for, uh, being somebody that bowled a lot in the youth. Uh, I bowled over there at, at River City Bulaway on Saturday mornings my whole high school life. Uh, Kinda of regret it there in high school when you start to start waking up at nine eight o'clock in the morning to go bullet nine, but uh you know, cranky yeah. teenager. But uh you know, it was something I really loved. I, I met a lot of good friends, people that I still talk to today that I met there at the lanes, so um, it's just a fun atmosphere to bowl. I know Captain always gives me a hard time. I don't know how you can bowl and not drink. Well, I, it's just a fun time, but I will. Ca- I can't lie. A nice a nice Bud Light helps uh, helps every now and again. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, that, so. that true. And, <laughs> to this, and
0: to this day, the petition of having Spike women uh, broadcasting a bowling game will will continue to live on. We'll continue to fall
2: through, <laughs> but we'll continue to live on strong. Yep. But yeah, congratulations to the Graf High School on their uh, Division Two Bowling State Championship and. Uh, Just just want to run to the girls real quick. Uh, Liberty Center, obviously, like we talked about, did not qualify. We did not have any area teams that qualified as a team, Uh, but we did have uh, a young lady from Napoleon uh, who just as a freshman, her name is Ariana Kessling, and uh, she bowled out of her mind on, on Friday morning. Bowling games of a 231, a 238, and a 205 for a 674 series, granting her the Division II Individual State Championship. And uh, for, for a round of applause to her and, and you know, for uh, for the Napoleon Bowling Squad, you know, Randy and I have talked, uh, you know, we're, we're really good friends. I've known Randy for, you know, quite some time, uh, many, many years, uh, and he became the bowling coach over there in Napoleon in about 2000, 2001. And, uh, you know, he – he hasn't had a state champion bowling, a uh, bowler yet. And, and as a guy who really loves those kids and works hard with those kids, I know that that's probably uh, something very, very special to him after 20 years to have a state champion. Uh, I believe the girl that finished second only finished about 10 or 11 pins uh, behind Kessling. So uh, she needed every one of those pins. And I think the girl was from Booster Triway, who Booster won triway. the state championship last year as a team, uh, you know, beat Napoleon in the finals last year. Wooster Triway did so. Just uh,
0: the same Triway team that we talked about during football
2: it probably is yeah yep so um, congratulations to her uh, you know just bowling really well and as a freshman uh, hope to see big things uh, from her down the line as well Uh so uh, just once again you know we don't have a whole lot of information on the girls because like I said we didn't have any area teams in there so yeah Uh, but Ariana Kessling did bring home the individual state championship there for division two and you know as a freshman I, I think that's remarkable uh, you know, we had a freshman on our boys' championship team in West Wilhelm, and, you know, finding find, those... Find two
0: sports at the same yeah, time, and, too. And
2: finding those young young uh, athletes, young kids that really want to buy in is exactly what mm-hmm. you want when you're trying to develop a program and you're trying to develop a, a standing, withstanding uh, success. That's a big thing, and I think yep. these kids are obviously starting to buy in. Same thing with what Napoleon has there with mm-hmm. Coach Schwager. I remember talking to him. He thought maybe it'd be a down season for the Lady Cats, losing a lot of experience. His daughter being one of them, uh, a very terrific bowler she was last year. Uh, you know, so kudos to them to be able to get uh, the individual state champion there. And you know, hats off once again to Coach Randy Schwager, who does absolutely amazing things over there at River City Bowlaway. Uh, not just with the varsity sports teams; it's home to Wasion, it's home to Liberty Center, it's home to Napoleon. Uh, they host big tournaments there. They do globe bowling on Saturdays and Fridays. They do leagues all throughout the week, and you know Randy does a really really nice job over there. They've had LC Tiger Sports Live in for uh, broadcast to be able to bring kids that uh, to to bring kids out to people that may have not known what Baker's Games was until yeah. we started being able to go there. So I, I just can't say enough great things about what they do over there at River City Bowl Away, and I just wanted to make sure that that was mentioned.
0: Absolutely. All right, so we're going to move on over to wrestling. The wrestlers, the wrestlers. Okay, right now I do know as we speak, uh, the women's wrestling tournament for regionals it's is being finished today, up today. Is, is actually, being finished think, up yep. today. Yes. So um, we're going to start with Liberty Center here first. Uh, five state qualifiers for the for the Tigers. Five for five. Uh, and the one hundred and six, Braden Tamarine in third. In the one twenty weight class, Drew Matthews comes in fourth. In the weight class of one thirty eight, Jackson Bartels comes in third. Xander, Zan- I keep on Xander I, Myers. Xander Myers. I keep on wanting to say Xavier, but it's Xander. There's not
2: even a V in his name.
0: Z- Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I'm, I'm used to saying Xavier because of Xavier University, or or I'm probably saying that wrong too. Who who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> <laughs> hush it digger uh 175 myers uh placed in first and owen box in 285 placed second uh was not to be honest with you was not expecting that a little bit yeah hey, i'm not pull? sure
2: who that match was against to be honest with you i don't know who he uh who he ended up losing to but um honestly for me I, I, that's that's probably not what Anybody that has to wrestle Owen Box next weekend wanted to happen. Because yeah. he's going to come in very, very fired up. I, I think that was knowing just... Th-
0: knowing how competitive he is. Oh,
2: absolutely. Uh, being, a, being his family, I know exactly how competitive he is. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's going to bring in there with the, just a, a little extra chip on his shoulder, more, more, probably more so than what he already had uh, going in anyway. Uh, just a little bit more of a chip on his shoulder there. So I, I would not want to have to wrestle against that young man next weekend.
0: Yep. Uh and district <laughs> the districts with Wasion. Uh wrestler is La Lafountain.
2: It I is Zavian remember. Lafountain and La- he finished Zavian second. And the 106,
0: Larry Moreno, oh, Larry Moreno.
2: Larry Moreno finished third in the 120. Colin Twig, he finished first in the 126.
0: Zayden Torres
2: finished second in the 132.
0: Zan Zayden? Yep. Zayden Kessler.
2: He finished third in the 165. Chance Snow. Any relation there, Snow, Mr. Snow? No, sir. And he finished fourth in the
0: 175. Austin Cover. He finished third in the 190. And so they all those guys have pinched a Punched ticket, their ticket to state. Pinched, punched, yeah. Uh, their ticket to, words. The, to state. Words. Uh, so congratulations to the Indians. And then also. Uh, the Brian Golden yeah. Bears. <laughs> Senior Zane Bell uh, is the cha- uh, going for the D- Division Two District Championship.
2: Yeah, he did win it at the 285. So congratulations there too. Um, those are all the Division. Uh, those are the Division Two ones. Do you have the list of Division Three wrestlers? Yes, you do.
0: Indeed, I do. All right, so in 106, Adam Matten, oh, of course, a Matten, Delta. Un- Yep, from Delta. Brandon Tamarine of Liberty Center. And Mason Miller from Archibald. That was the 106. And 113, Tyler Barnes of Delta. That is the only one. Uh, In the 120, Drew Matthews of Liberty Center. Robbie Benton from Fairview. Evan Hanfield? Is that how you're saying that? Delta? From Delta. And 132, Gabe Chapa from Archibald. Aiden Aniki from Tenora. Landon, oh, man, how do you even... Lintermoot? Lintermoot? thank you, uh, from Delta. And uh, 138, Jackson Bartels of Liberty Center. And the 144, Brody Dominic from Archibald. And the 150, Montana Pierce from Macomb. And, one, and the 157... 157, Kason Wilhelm, Wil, Wilman, Wilman from Ayersville. Aiden Helmick. Helmke. Helmke, Helmke. thank you. Tenor, from Tenora. L. Reinhardt of Antwerp. Eli. Eli. What'd I say? I'm, I'm not a, sure. I Ella. don't know either. Eli, Ren- <laughs> I'd probably go back and I'm fired. It'll be okay. I fired myself. And the 165, uh, Dalton Wolfram from Tenora. The 175, Oh, my gosh. I just went over this. Xander Myers. Liberty hey, no from- baby. <laughs> Liberty from Liberty Center. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> uh, and uh, Hayden Dickman from Archibald. Owen Brenner from Ayersburner. Thank you. Air- from Ayersville. And the 190, Abe Delano. That That's not a shocker at all. From Ayersville. Wyatt Ripke from Archibald. Connor S- 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 Sintobin. Sintobin. Of Delta and the 215 Gavin Gillig G- Gillig from Liberty Benton, uh, Dylan Ashelman uh, Ashelman of Archibald and then the 285 Javon Javon Javon, Javon, Javon Gaines and that's who uh, Tenora Owen. and Owen Box of yeah. Liberty Center. And that's who
2: beat Owen, which is interesting oh. because another section- Yeah, in the sectionals, Owen got the better of him in the sectionals, so or in the re- or uh, in the regionals or whatever it was last week, so two weeks ago. Um, that's interesting. So, so with that uh, cool means no, I just, I I, I love seeing rematches. I I just think that's interesting. You know, that, and like I said, I think it gives more firepower. So we wouldn't
0: uh, bet that, uh, Owen's going to be head hunting for him. I mean, it's, it's going to be,
2: if that's, if that's how it comes down to, that will be, be that's, I think the state championship that people wouldn't, wouldn't be afraid to see. Yeah. Um, so so,
0: with that being said, in the division three, Archibald advanced six states, Archibald, Delta and Liberty Center. So, Archibald advances six. Delta and Liberty Center advance five. Four for uh, Million Edison. million Mylon. Edison. Mylon. Thank you. Uh, Monroeville. Is that Monroe- Monroeville. Yes. Monroeville. Yes. Words. What are you saying? What? Yeah, Monroeville. Yep. Yeah, yep. that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> yep. That's what I thought. And why is i always wondered why does everyone say defiance tenora and just not tenora it's, because it's because
2: it's the it's the uh school district yeah. fair enough yeah the district
0: and tenora uh so the NWAL ruled the day on because uh, technically the, the tenora
2: day. is still part of the defiance school district yeah. so you have to yeah, be
1: called defiance, defiance tenora. tenora
2: because it's still in the defiance school district but there's two
1: it's Works. Yeah, <laughs> it does it with Airsville <laughs> too. Say defiance, Airsville. Yeah, it's and all the that same stuff. thing. Yep. Yeah, same thing. So
0: yeah. um, that is also that was presented by Dorian Hooker Pro Day performance with Jordan Berdue. Uh Getting in touch with those guys, giving them a call to get a training session set up, and Mister Field Goal himself, Josh Martin.
2: Yeah, and uh, like I said, that's the the districts, and they will be moving on. I think next next no, it's not next weekend. I think it's actually in two weeks.
0: Yeah, state let's championships say, yeah, are. I want to say two weeks.
2: So. Um, they take a little – I know what they take a little They do break. take a little hiatus is what I like to call it just because <laughs> I like to say that word. Don't <laughs> ask me why. Um, they take a little hiatus. Okay. And uh, it, you know what, though? It's not like as bad as what, like, the CFP is, how they have to take, like, what is it, like 29 days something or something like they take off if they're playing in the national title game or some, or the in the CFP semifinals. Yeah. You, you got to take, like, 30, 30 days off or something like that. And it's so. just like,
0: that's too long, man. How do you – like, how do you – you know what I mean? How do you – I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, All right, so we're going to go on to boys basketball. Actually, let,
2: let's what do girls first. Cause girls basketball. We, I think we're going to talk more about boys than we are about girls. And we do have a special guest joining us for girls, and he'll be joining us here in about five to seven minutes. Uh, so that'll be pretty cool. So um, let's go right into girls. Uh, let's start with Division Two. We only have uh, two area teams, actually technically three coverage teams that
0: we had in it going into this week. Um Boys and girls basketball presented it, by Meyer Bane Insurance, providing the people services since 1933. 33. I, 33 <laughs> I totally forgot to write that down by accident. So I'm fired again. I got two pink slips today, boys. So where do you got, Phil? Got two pink slips. I got two pink slips Atta already. Boy. Yeah, I know. Right? Um. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll kick it off with the
2: action that went on on Tuesday, and this was the Bryan versus Akron Saint Vincent Saint Mary's uh, ball game.
0: Oh, yeah. What a game. Ring the, the yeah, spoiler alarm what, the what, Spoiler Bears strike again.
2: Well, actually, I think Brian actually was favored in this we're game. The, they were the higher seed in this game. Okay. But nevertheless. But still,
0: the I do bears. think
2: Ak- – if you looked at it on paper, people probably would have said, we're taking Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary. Probably a little bit more experience. They've been there a little bit longer. Uh, Brian, the first time in, what would we say, 30, 30-some years last yeah. week that, that, that had been on or whatever, 36 years – uh, that you know, that's pretty awesome. Um, Brian able to come away with this win, forty four to forty three. It was back and forth with the last two minutes. Uh, Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's was able to hit a couple of big shots. Brian just refused to go away, and like right, they do right at
0: the end, it was utter
2: chaos. It was utter chaos, and uh, Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's had the ball. Down two, uh, you know, drew up a nice little inbounds play to get a player who's really good in one-on-one at the top of the key in some space and uh, had a really nice move to the bucket. I think, honestly, there was a little bit of miscommunication on Brian's defensive end because that girl, it it seemed like nobody picked her up out at the top. And then when she had gotten in into the the three-point arc, that one of the Brian girls kind of was just like, oh, no, like somebody's got to pick her up. And by that time it was already late. But she I think that she might have bothered her coming in late just enough to where she had to take off the extra spin or the whatever it was. Uh, you know, maybe tried to get it up a little sooner. She misses the layup.
0: Gets, re- gets, gets the an re- offensive re- rebound. rebound.
2: Another couple chances for St. Vincent and St. Mary's. Three chances at the end. Uh, just unable to get one to go. And Brian holds on to win 44-43. to 43, uh, And they – advanced uh and they put uh to uh to play the norwalk. norwalk
0: truckers
2: the tree yeah, had the truckers I, i'm gonna uh, be honest
0: with you uh i when i went to three quarter over our merch and all that uh garrett actually had a helmet made of norwalk i'm like is are you sure that's a real team and i i truly did not believe it was a real school and then i googled it and well they were they're real they're definitely real so
2: yeah and uh Sticking with Brian before we move to our guest, and and we talk about Liberty OG a little bit. Um, Brian was able to defeat Norwalk on Friday, uh, 58-45, maybe Saturday, I don't even remember, but uh, to get their first trip to the state semifinals in school history for Brian, Uh, the first time that a a Golden Bears squad has been to the Final Four, uh, the first time since 1941 – Dang. When the Brian Golden Bears boys basketball team found themselves uh, in the state semifinals. One other note to mention about the Bears before we move on to some of these stats real quick. Um, Brian was defeated last year by St. Mary's in the sectional finals. So they got a revenge. Brian took out St. Mary's, took out Bath, who upset Liberty Benton, the number one seed, found themselves against Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary's, kind of maybe a little bit undersized against that team. Uh, finds a way to win against Norwalk. Uh, Brian was 22 of 52 from the floor. They had five three-pointers. They were 9 of 15 from the free-throw line with 12 turnovers. Reese Grothaus and uh, Katie Thiel, I think her name is, uh, with 14 points apiece. Norwalk ended up with 22 turnovers, and they were 18 of 37 from the line. Um, And Brian will move on to play Purcell Marion, um, who beat Baden 64 to 54, uh, and that'll be on Thursday at 11 o'clock. Uh, just one note to mention: Versailles knocked out number one seed East Clinton 45-41 this weekend, and Afficentric was able to beat them. So I just thought that was cool. You know, I always root for the underdog. Uh, pretty sweet story there. So uh, really nice stuff. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we are going to have <clears throat> we are going to have now a guest join us, and it is Michael Hearn of Z Sports Live and. WZOQ Radio, the voice of the OG Lady Titans. Michael, thank you for taking some time with us uh, to join us today.
0: Hello. Oh, boy, we got a problem.
2: Um, Hang on oh, just one second. It. Might have some technical difficulties here. Uh, Michael, are you with us?
3: I think so. There we all go. right, yeah, 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 all yeah, right, we yeah, we got, we, there we there got you, go.
2: you here. So uh, once again, uh, thank you for taking some time with us to join to join today. I know you're on the road, so we don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, you know, we've got
3: plenty of it. You got-
2: <laughs> So uh, we'll we'll jump right into the uh, the the Thursday contest at Elida Fieldhouse Liberty Center versus OG. Um, OG able to come out on top, forty-eight to twenty-nine. Uh, you know, in the first four minutes of that game, I, I think both teams were kind of just trying to feel each other out a little bit. Both teams maybe a little bit sped up, saw some turnovers. It was real close after four minutes. And then I think you've seen OG's experience and, and just the way they play kind of wear on Liberty in the first quarter. Liberty found themselves down 10-3. to what was some of the things that you saw that OG kind of did to get that lead and get that momentum after the first four minutes when they were kind of trading blows early in the game there?
3: Well, it's kind of crazy because there are a lot of parallels and uh, a lot of things that each one of those teams do exceptionally well, and they were able to sort of assert that in the first. Uh, I mean, OG plays exceptional for whatever reason. They'd won 10 straight in that building and Elida going into that game, and they just they're a different sort of animal in that building, but Liberty center was able to make them uncomfortable and kind of take you know, what they do well. But, you know, like you said, the experience of maybe playing in that building of recently playing in that building with the districts being there, it was kind of a crazy thing of just OG being OG and that they finally remembered they're allowed to shoot well in that building. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they just, you know, they're a monster in that they sub so many girls that they just continue to wear you down. I, I think as the game went along, despite Liberty Center being a pretty deep team overall, that's just kind of what happened there.
2: Yeah, and, you know, after it was 10-3, to 3, Liberty Center kind of went on a, a big scoring drought, which I think, you know, it was kind of hard to overcome. You know, you go 10 minutes, 10-27, uh, I think, uh, for a scoring drought there. Uh, I think it was 18-3 to at one point. Uh, you know, Liberty Center was able to get some buckets in. I think gave them a little bit of momentum going into the halftime. Came out in the second half. I personally think we saw a completely different Liberty Center team Uh, In the second half from the first half, uh, maybe a little bit more comfortable with the game. Uh, OG had five turnovers on five possessions to start the second half. You know, Liberty Center, unfortunately, only unable to capitalize on one of those turnovers. But talk about some of the things that you saw Liberty Center do really well. Uh, In my opinion, I think, that Carson Erford uh, being just a freshman she did have a terrific game but I could see her starting to get a little bit worn down and tired too from the Tiger pressure so kudos to her for being able to hang tough but talk a little bit about some of the positive things you saw from the Tiger defense
3: and I think uh, it starts exactly with what you're talking about Carson had a terrific game she had two straight games where she hit three triples in there and almost 300 points this year as a freshman trust me That'll be a name that you'll hear. She's going to be the next great one at OG in a line of pretty good and pretty great players. But you're right. I noticed that during the third, and I even remember saying on our broadcast about, about three minutes ago in the third of Sheila Gass, and that right there is a testament to Liberty Center and kind of the extra steps, the extra miles that they make you run because OG's not a team that gets gas ever, and Carson especially because – she comes straight out of a terrific soccer season going to the state finals and uh, OG, that's the thing they pride themselves on is being in shape. I mean, they, they run stairs for days before they even touch a basketball in practice normally. But that's that was the extra thing, and it was kind of funny because I remember saying at one point, Liberty Center to open the first half of the third was almost out OGing OG. which is the greatest compliment that I can give a team
0: yeah yeah that's uh that's uh some big props right there I, I thought I would never hear something like that to be honest with you to
2: be honest with you and you know Michael from from your aspect a little bit uh just one more thing about the Liberty Center OG game you had mentioned OG 10 straight they won their 11th straight game uh this was the most impressive stat of the night for me Uh, You know, obviously, Liberty Center, 9 of 37 from the floor. Not what you want in that setting. Uh, All credit goes to a very physical, very tough OG defense. But one thing I think that's being overlooked is that Liberty Center had zero turnovers in the second half of that basketball game. And I think that's a testament to how well that they responded uh, to the defense that OG was playing because absolutely, make no mistake, um, OG is a whole different animal on defense, uh, but I just want to compliment how well I think Liberty Center did controlling maybe a little bit better the pace in the second half. Obviously, you know, the experience overwhelmed them at the end, but I think Liberty Center just really, really nice job there to, to not turn it over in the second half, and like you've mentioned, the oh, way I, that OG plays I defense, I, I just think that's a really awesome stat.
3: I always uh, call OG's defense frantic in that it's almost on the borderline of reckless because they just—they're everywhere. And and for—I mean—for a team, obviously, shots don't go in. He talked about the field goal percentage, but that building is so weird, and that things that you don't see happen happen. At Lima Senior High School and Elida High School at the house are just two places that, if if you've never had a team play there, you don't fully understand it until you do. But I, I mean, just. You know, they got good shots and just would not fall. And OG made some mistakes. They, I think they put some things in places that they're used to getting away with. And Liberty Center could kind of match a handful of those things. And just thankfully for me, OG made enough shots to get away with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, so, uh, we'll move on to uh, the og Margarita game. Uh, you know, a tough we loss. Do have to? Yeah. <laughs> 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 tough Tough loss for OG, 36-30. Uh, to 30, Margareta was able to come away with that win. And, and it was kind of interesting because I feel like the tables were just kind of a little bit turned on OG, struggled from the field to make open shots, kind of like they did they forced Liberty Center into doing just a couple of nights before that. Talk about what you saw a little bit there with the og Margaretta game.
3: I, I think in a way, it could almost be a compliment to Liberty Center because I was looking at OG, and I've I've seen them for 11 years now, every game home and away, and you can look in the girls' faces, and you can see certain things, and you can see when they're ready, and they were ready. I just think that maybe Thursday night took more of a toll on them than they would have cared to admit. <laughs> you know, and it's very weird because you have that short, it's a 48-hour period between games, but... It's a 24-hour period that you get to rest, so to speak. And you play a physical game on a Thursday. I don't care who you are with the emotion of going to the boys game and the district game in Lima earlier that afternoon. At some point, that's going to wear you down because that's, that's already a full day because you're there, you're cheering. And I'm not saying that's why they lost because they didn't because a very good Margarita team took it to them og couldn't make anything they were 0 for 9 at the half from three i think they ended up 2 of 15 or 16 but you're right if you take that game and you lay parts of it on top of the liberty center game og has the exact opposite happen to them that they did to liberty center
2: yeah absolutely and uh you know, it just goes to show you that, uh, you know, basketball can be a funny game like that. You can, uh, you know, you can make anything on one night and, you know, struggle the next night or, you know, a couple nights uh, on down the road. But, uh, you know, uh, Michael, I mean,
3: what, what was look that? Look at the other side of the bracket. Laurel lost.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
3: So, I mean, who who would have thought Versailles was going to take
2: Afrocentric to the half? And You know, we had literally just talked about oh, that yeah. before we you joined us. Uh, Versailles uh, able to upset – uh, the number one seeded team, uh, East Clinton, forty-five, forty-one, and then did uh, lose, uh, end up losing to Affa Centric. But like, yeah, it's March, and anything is possible, and that's why we play it on, play it on the floor and not on paper. So, true. Um, Michael, we'd like to say thank you for joining us with here, uh, with you, uh, with us today. Uh, we're going to be joined here by OG's uh, boys coach here momentarily. So, uh, just want to say thank you for joining us, and uh, you know, uh,
3: ask him, ask him if he thinks that Colin White wearing his socks on the wrong feet is what helps them win. <laughs> <laughs> I will right, uh, I right. will be sure to all do right, we'll that.
2: Sure to so, sure uh, that. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, be safe out there, safe travels, and I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend and the rest of your uh, tournament basketball coverage.
3: Yep, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, no Thank, Thank you. you.
2: Uh, So, once again, that was Michael Hearn. The voice
0: uh, of the Titans.
2: Yeah, the voice of OG basketball. So, uh, just nice to get a a little bit of a different perspective from him. You know, a guy that's, you know, seen the Lady Titans team play a lot this season so uh, getting a compliment like that like you said Isaiah was very was very nice and and I did notice the Erford girl was getting a little bit tired but man she is really good Cade with her ability to just kind of control tempo she was always under control I mean she did have a couple of turnovers there but with the defense that Liberty plays you'll have that Um, Mm -hmm. she always found a way to make a big shot it seemed like every time Liberty Center was just starting to get a little bit of momentum uh, she had some big shots
1: yeah absolutely i mean you talk about staying under control that's a big thing for a freshman be able to come into that atmosphere and handle the pressure that liberty does i mean congrats to her i'd tell she definitely put the work in the off season preparing and coming off a soccer season i mean that's awesome and they have two good freshmen you know you talk about
2: chloe glenn too Mm -hmm. you know a girl that's been hurt this season Uh, i'm sure they were really happy to have her back her and the uh the other taller girl that Words. they have, I can't remember what her name is, What's but it, 34? Uh, yeah, they, they really yeah. hurt us on the offensive boards, uh, and they got I think it was six and ones I counted uh, total, and you know those are really big momentum killers, especially to a team that's trying to get back into a ball game, so uh, that can really hurt you. But yeah, uh, kudos to Liberty Center, uh, who ends their year twenty two and four, most wins in school history, a sectional championship chip, a district championship. Uh, You know, just want to take one quick second to to say thank you to Alyssa and Haley and And Peyton. Peyton. You know, Alyssa and Peyton, we've had those girls on this show. Uh, Terrific young ladies, uh, you know, very, very friendly. And you can just tell how much they care about the school and their teammates. Uh, You know, there's a just I love pictures say a thousand words. There's a picture going around with them together with Coach Davis. And I just think it's it speaks so much. To what they've been through together and where this program has come from, yeah. And the, uh,
0: the future is bright for the, the future is bright for the Lady Tigers.
2: Absolutely. absolutely. How,
0: they're only losing three seniors, and next year they got their, they only lost three seniors, but yes, they're two very key components. But I think, but given their run that they had this year and how they played, uh, I believe the next man up uh, mentality is going to kick in, and, and they're going to step. And the ones that. You you might not expect to step up, but they'll step up. So we'll play well, a game. Let's find out.
2: Yeah, and you know they they you would... talk about eight eight or nine juniors on the floor there, uh, with the likes of players that's seen a lot of playing time, you yep. know El Molnar and Eliza uh, and Emmy Gergan and all of them. So uh, all right, so we awesome. have some. Another guest joining us now uh, here live on the End Zone Militia, and he is at a basketball tournament, so if you hear some action going on in the background, uh, no mistake that Coach McLaughlin, head coach of the OG uh, boys team, you're stuck in a gym, big surprise. <laughs> Thank you for joining, with, joining us today, and uh, congratulations on uh, your district championship uh, with your win over Spencerville last night.
4: Well thanks for having me yeah it's uh you know it was a it was a great game for our guys you know they're excited about the opportunity to get another another week of, of basketball and around each other so uh, you know we're excited about it and uh, we're looking forward to it
2: absolutely uh, you know coach we'll we'll go right into uh, your game uh, from earlier in the week. Uh, I believe you guys played on Wednesday uh, in a game against Bluffton. You guys were able to come away with that win, 63-42. to 42. Uh, That was your, uh, to make it to the district title game, your sixth straight district title appearance. Uh, you get your fourth straight title. Uh, talk about some of the things that Bluffton did against you guys that gave you guys a challenge and how you guys were able to come away with that
4: victory. Well, Bluffton is, you know, they're one of those teams that, you know, that, that – uh saying a uh, live and die by the three you know they really spread you out they got four guards out there that uh, all are all more than capable of shooting the, the perimeter shot and uh, they do a great job of spacing the floor so and, you know it was a challenge for our guys uh you know we really wanted to push them off the three-point line make them play uh, more off the bounce and you know I thought our guys really did a good job of limiting their open looks um, that's that's not an easy offense to defend and I think coach Boblett is as good as a you know tactician as we have in our in, in high school basketball so uh, it was a good win for our guys. A little bit different style, but you know, something that I again, you know, we give our guys a challenge, and you know, it's nice to see them come out there and uh, rise to the occasion.
2: Uh, now we'll 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 look right ahead to the uh, Spencerville game from yesterday. Uh, you guys were able to come away with a 78 to 51 win. You know, we talked a little bit last night. Uh, 14 team threes, not usually your mo, but hey, if they're falling, shoot them up. Right, uh, Colin. Colin White, 27 points for you guys. Uh, talk about talk about that victory, and you know, talk about the way that your crowd helps with some of that stuff. Because man, do you guys have one heck of a following.
4: <laughs> yeah, yesterday uh that, w- that was quite the quite the uh game. Uh the, the both crowds, both communities, uh schools really uh came out in supported their teams and uh sellout crowd to say the least. It was uh it was packed, it was it was a lot of fun. And uh like I said, our guys it was a different type of challenge. Spencerville's really, really talented team. We've got two senior guards that have been four year guys for them and really set the table for those guys. But you know, we put a put it as a personal challenge to our guys to to go out there and uh, really defend them and uh, get after them and get them out of the comfort zone. And our guys did a great job of disrupting their rhythm and not letting them get into any of their sets. And, and then obviously we were, a, like you said, you know, we shot the ball extremely well, you know, you see if a couple of those go down early and then obviously it, it, that rim just gets a little bit bigger. And our guys really did a good job of, you know, finding the, the open guy and making that extra pass. And when you make that extra pass in high school basketball, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing how that uh, shooting percentage increases and, you know, we we did a good job of that yesterday.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um let's let's talk a little bit about OG now. Um you know, last season, uh you guys were looking at pretty much the same thing going in as a as a big favorite. Uh you know, now you're looking ahead or looking ahead to what you guys are at this year. Um obviously, we don't like to look at the past a little bit, but if you had to compare Uh, a couple of things from where you guys were at this time last season to where you guys are at this time this season. Uh, What are a couple of things that you would probably point out to be the high factors?
4: Well, you know, last year we were very guard oriented. Uh, We lost some very, you know, our point guard Carter Schimler was a two-year starter for us. Caleb Koeman was a a guy that started a lot of games. Carson Zika, another guard that started. And then Eli Schmank was a two-year starter. So those guards, you know, basically are we lost our backcourt. Uh, so mm-hmm. coming into this year is a little bit different. Um, you know, obviously we had Colin coming back and, and then Theo Mag. You know, those are two really good pieces to build around. But we still had some we had some holes and we had some shoes to fill. And uh, I think if you look at our team this year's, you know, our size is is very good across the board. You know, we're six one six, four, six, four, you know, six, seven, you know, we, we got good size and good length across, across our program. And uh, we've used that to our advantage. I, I, I think the emergence of, of Hunter sexually uh, at the point guard spot, you know, he has been fantastic for us all year playing point guard in our system and our style at the tempo we play is not easy to do. And, and Hunter's done a, just a fantastic job of accepting that role and, uh, you know, really leading us. And then Caden Erford, Caden uh, played some minutes for us as a sophomore uh last year and you know had some big games uh, down the stretch for us uh but Kanan, you know he suffered one of those suffered one of those horrific injuries his freshman year where he broke his tibia at fibula and you know he was basically out for a full year and even last year just trying to get into shape and get back in the swing things it took us some time but he has been kind of the x factor for us this year and he's averaged about 15 points a game for us probably about 17 points a game uh since the new year and uh it just gives us another dimension on the floor um opens the floor up for Colin and Theo. And, uh, you know, we just got to continue to play to our strengths and those guys are a big reason for our success.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you talk about Colin, uh, just, I believe passed, uh, yourself, uh, for fifth all time on the, on the all time scoring list, uh, at OG high school. So congratulations to Colin there. Um, obviously we could talk, uh, the entire rest of the day about the player and uh that Colin White is uh, you know probably one of the most selfless guys that you'll have on a basketball court but just just if you can in about 45 seconds to a minute talk about talk about what makes him so special
4: well it you're right you could talk about the kid forever I mean he is just a really good kid but He's a better person, and I think uh, that, that humbleness and, you know, he, he's very grounded. His parents do a great job. You know, I'll share a story that, you know, was told to me from a Walpaw player or a parent. Uh, we host a freshman tournament, and a uh, kid from Walpaw was sitting on the end of their bench. You could tell he's in a panic mode, and Colin White just walked up to him and asked him what was wrong. The kid forgot his shoes, and uh, Colin White went out to his locker, grabbed his shoes, and gave them to him. And, uh, you know, just – you know, those types of things. Didn't have to do that, didn't have to go out of his way, but to to have the self awareness to to help somebody, that's the type of kid he is, that's the type of leader he is. And that's the face of our program. And when you have kids that are that selfless and uh, you know, just, just care about being a good person, it's amazing how that rubs off on everybody else.
2: Yeah, that, that's amazing, coach. I, I can't thank you enough for sharing that story with us. Uh, that's that's stuff that we love to hear here. And
1: uh, I got one of our guys here, Caden, uh, would love to ask you a question here about your squad. Yeah, so you bet Colin White just being a great player and a great person. How does that affect, you, affect the team? Because I've been to a lot of your games this year where he, your leader is on the floor. I mean, this guy is a Division One prospect, and he's put himself on the floor for your team, and I just think that's awesome. How do the other guys respond to that when you see your leader getting on the floor?
4: Well, I, I just think, uh, again, you know, when, when you have leaders and you have leadership like that, you know, you just want to do what's best. And I think uh, you, you try to fulfill that, and he, he rubs off on everybody. And yeah. like I said, you know, our g- kids care about one thing, and that's winning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they, they that put that right. at, at the front. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's one of those things for our kids and for our program, it, it, it's important to lead by example. And they'd show that to our younger kids. And our younger kids have an understanding of if you want to be at, be at the best and be at the top, you got to put the time in. And, you know, it's just something that we're grateful for and something we obviously don't take for granted.
1: Mm-hmm. Another one for you, coaches, real quick here. I noticed when I've been to a couple of your guys' games this year, you have kids, they just buy into the role. And what they want to do, like Grant Schrader, he doesn't always have to score the basketball, but he's on the floor for defense. And I just think hey, it's guys, awesome. I'm
4: having trouble hearing you.
0: Oh, he
1: can't hear you, he oh. Rusky. Oh, um, I just – Go ahead. Okay, Go ahead. Just mentioned, like, you just have kids that just fill in your role. And, like, Grant Schrader, he doesn't always have to score for you guys. I mean, he's on the floor to play defense. I just think it's awesome you get everyone just to buy into what they need to do. Oh, Does that just come from having the character of kids you have, especially – or is just from – it's tradition where, like, your parents grew up watching Titan games, and it's a certain way. Like, can you explain it to me a little bit? Like, how you get them all to buy in?
4: Guys, I'm. I can't hear anything. What? Um, are Are you still with us? Can you hear us? Uh, I'm here, but I can't hear anything. Okay. Wow.
2: Um. The, the question is is uh, how do you get how do you get your kids to buy into your program? Uh. You know, kids like Hunter Stecksho, uh, Stexual, a kid that hasn't. Uh, uh, Grant Schroeder. I'm sorry, a kid that hasn't maybe scored as many points on the floor, mm-hmm. but always buys into what yep. he does defensively. Uh. You know, aggressive defensively. How do you get your kids to buy into what you're what you're doing?
4: Well, I, I think it's, it, it's a, just a credit to our program and to our kids. And, you know, the one thing, it, I think it means something to be part of our program. And I think our kids understand that um, you can impact the game without scoring. And sometimes I think people get caught up in, the, you know, in statistics and, you know, the, the, the Twitter world and things like that. But it, it's pretty darn cool to, to put on that Titan jersey. And, you know, we really try to make those guys, make everybody in our program uh, feel as you know as if they are the the star and, and things like that because at, for us to be successful in the style of play that we play we have to have guys that are willing to come in there and like you mentioned you know the grant Straders, the levi underbrinks those guys are working their tails off mm-hmm. in the front of our press and you know that that's that's all about tempo that's all about you know sacrifice and dedication and you know to, to have those guys have some success right now and you know that's that's awesome. But you know, I think it's a credit to to our parents. Our parents let her, let us coach their kids. I mean, we're tough on our kids. Uh, but, you know, our parents, uh, they understand that we're doing what we feel is best. And, and, you know, our goals, you know, I said it, you know, 12 years ago, I think when I got the job, you know, I had two goals. One's to win championships. And the most important thing is to turn their boys into men. And, you know, I think uh, we got a staff that really tries to do that. And, you know, we try to build relationships with our guys on and off the court. And I think that trust is mutual. And uh, you know, I think it goes bodes well for our program.
2: Absolutely. Last thing before we let you go, just take one minute. Um, you're going to see a very good Cardinal stretch team. Uh, Cardinal stretch team. Um, a, G- a Cardinal stretch team in the regionals uh, at the Stroh Center. Uh, talk about some of the things that you guys are going to have to do uh, to come away with that win.
4: Well, obviously they're they're really athletic. They're very talented. You know, I, to be to be 100 honest with you, I haven't been able to watch a ton of film. <laughs> like I said, I'm. I'm over in Bath watching my daughter play ball right now. <laughs> uh, I'm in between games watching it all on my phone. Uh, but, you know, the one thing that's, that really st- stands out so far is they've got really long athletes and they really crash the glass. You know, that is a strength of ours. That's something that we've done really well all year is, you know, uh, really attack the glass. And, but, you know, in games like this, um, they get a lot of second chance opportunities because of their length and their athleticism. So being able to match them on the glass and win that battle on the boards is going to be really important.
2: Hey, uh, my, a, a, a good friend of mine, Michael Hearn, uh, you know, he does a lot of your guys' radio broadcasts, wanted me to check yep. with you about uh, if Colin White wearing his socks on the wrong, wrong feet was the secret to your guys' success. What do you have to say
4: about that? <laughs> whatever it takes for that guy. As long
2: as he, keeps going, he can do whatever the heck he wants. Oh, absolutely! Uh, you know, I just think that's funny that you say that one of your one of my favorite quotes from you was you know when Colin hit that shot uh, against defiance, you know it was just it was no mystery. Colin was going to get the ball, and it didn 't matter. you know you got to let your scores be them and you know coach that's great stuff we can 't thank you enough for joining us today. Uh, best of luck next week at the Stroh Center, taking on the cardinal Stritch uh, what are, Cardinals. the Cardinals. Wow, that's interesting. Um, good luck next <laughs> week, and uh, can't wait to watch you guys play. We'll be there to, to 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 cheer you guys on. Good luck.
4: Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Yep,
2: thank you. Thank you. So that's that's really great stuff, man. Yeah. That, that's that's one of the reasons why we love doing this kind of thing. Uh, we apologize for some of this. Uh, the I think some of it was on the phone issues. It's it. It worked out really well in my opinion. I don't even care. So that was amazing. Uh, hearing that story about Colin was awesome. Absolutely. Um, you know, just some of the stuff behind the scenes that maybe we don't see is you know it's really incredible to hear that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So, um, we'll continue on here with the boys, uh, and then obviously you got to love the home, the home socks question there. That's pretty funny yeah, stuff too. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, let, let's go to Tuesday, boys. Here, this was for uh, a trip to the district finals. Uh, Patrick Henry defeated Ayersville 36-27 uh, in a game that was low-scoring after the first quarter. It was 6-4 to four after one. Uh, you know, Patrick Henry defense did a really nice job on Ayersville, forced them into 28% shooting. Patrick Henry only shot 31% themselves, uh, but did enough defensively to control the big guys. You know, Schlocker only had yeah, 10, that, and McGuire had 11. Uh,
0: it- uh, early on and I, I, we talked about this last week, Phil. With, with Dave, with, yep. With Mr. Dave Kleck. Yep. And I explained that saying that obviously you know Airsville's bread and butter was to go to the go to the paint and go to Schlocter and all that. And um I and we all and I said that if they take Schlockter out of the game plan and force Airsville to shoot um outside the paint outside the paint and go and have to shoot the mid range into three points Ayersle um, was going to struggle, and that's exactly what PH did. They did exactly what um, what, you, what, the, what they wanted to do. They took Schlockter out of the game, forced Arizona to shoot outside of the paint, and um, obviously Ayersle got some key shots down, but it was not enough because at, at, when it got to the nit, to the grinding part of at the end of the game, they wanted to go to Schlockter, and PH knew what they are going to do and uh caused a, a good amount of key turnovers that resulted in the PH in a, into the PH victory so in the first in the first half um was doing was doing what he usually does and in the second half PH made the adjustments and ma- and um got everything to go to, uh a lot more got him to slow down a little bit more than usual uh-
1: I just want to say, holy smokes, that game was physical. It was physical. I they mean, me I've play. seen football games not quite that physical. I mean, and credit to, as Isaiah said, Patrick Henry. I mean, they basically put two, three guys around Tyson Slaughter and said, you're going to have to score over us if you're going to score.
2: Yeah, and I and I think Patrick Henry, you know, I, I'll i be the first to admit that I was wrong. I, I had them as a pretender at the beginning of this. Um, they have really surprised me. Um, and I don't think it was their shooting. It's their. It's been their defense. Absolutely. Um, their physicality has been really off the charts. And with their size that they have across the top, they're going to be a tough matchup for anybody because their guards uh, do a really nice job. The Jackson kid uh, does a really nice job. You know, Nash Meyer doesn't force things. Knows how to take those good three pointers. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, you got the Lincoln Craiger kid who just you know knows when it's time to go that he can put on and get a bucket when they need. And you know, that's what happened. To, you know. You kind of just saw uh, Patrick Henry wear down Ayersville a little bit and was hey, able Ayersville, to finish that. So. uh
0: the one thing, the one flaw, and even though I'm not – I ain't no basketball guru. We all know that. But the one thing is that I noticed from all the games that Ayersville played in that the ones I worked for and the ones that I watched, um, they left a good amount of uh, – they left the three-point line, let someone open almost every other um, series – uh, that the, uh, whoever had the ball, um, there was always someone open on the outside of the three-point line. And that, uh, that, in my personal opinion, that would kill Ayersville uh, against PH because that's the one thing you do not want to do against PH and give PH open threes. You do not want that because if you do, if sooner or later they're going to start falling and it's going to take you out of the game.
2: Yeah, and Lincoln Krieger only had two points against Ayersville, which shows how, how good of a job defensively Ayersville did as well. Nashmire ended with 12. Uh, you know, a little bit of controversy there in the fourth quarter a little bit. Aiden Behrman was able to get a dunk. Uh, they called a technical foul. I don't know on if it was, it was on – Okay, so it was on the Ayersville's coach and uh, – uh, two technical free throws, mm-hmm. just like that. A five-point game was a nine-point game, uh, and that was a uh, <clears throat> that was the nail in the coffin. Pretty much, both teams finished with under ten turnovers.
1: That was the game from Tuesday, and you're talking about <laughs> runs. I mean, those five-point swings in a game where there's not much offense; those are yeah, huge the, points. Yeah,
0: yeah, in the third quarter, I believe Ayers will only scored two to three points. Um, I believe within the first five minutes of yeah. the third quarter and didn't score anything until late in the third. And now, and, um, brought, uh, stand by one of my good friends from Ayersville and I told him, like, look, you guys, you guys are out of the game. As of right now, on paper, you guys are out of the game, but, um, you guys, you gave up a good amount of points against PH at the third. You guys gotta got to grind back in and get back into it, and just they almost did. They almost got. Uh-huh. They almost got back into it, but right at the end though, uh, got physical. A few controversial calls there uh, right at the end. Um, well, you know, <laughs> you really can't. You can argue on controversy on anything that's controversy, really. But yeah, it's it's just something that. What if?
2: Yep. Uh, over to Wednesday's games <clears throat> from Napoleon. Emmanuel Christian defeated Archibald, who ends their season at 13-11, 58 to 51. Emmanuel Christian was 22 of 38 from the field, so a very good shooting percentage there. Jerry Easter at 24 to lead the Warriors. Jaden Seiler had 16, and Cade Brenner had 15 to lead the Blue Streaks. Uh, 13-point game at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, Archibald went on a 9-0 run. Back-to-back-to-back three-pointers to cut the deficit to five, uh, but just too much offense for Emmanuel Christian. Shut the door on Archibald, who was 8 of 17 from the three-point line, which really kept him in the ball ballgame. Uh, Archibald had no seniors on the floor. Alex Roth was the only senior, and he was uh, had his uh, season stolen by injury. So uh, you can get guarantee that Archibald's going to be back next year, and they're going to be coming with a vengeance. Uh, Wayne Trace defeated Swanton 41-29. Kyle Stoller with 16 points, 11 rebounds. Kyle Stoller also hit his 1,000th career point in the third quarter. He is the 11th player in Wayne Trace program history to record their 1,000th point. Brooks Lockhoff was the 10th player, and he did it earlier this year. They become the first duo in program history to hit 1,000 points in the same season. So, congratulations Dang, to Kyle history. Stoller. And if you right think there. Kyle Stoller's week was done, it had just gotten started. Anyway, um, Stoller, like I said, 16-11. and 11. Brooks Lockhoff at 21. They had 36 out of the 41 points for Wayne Trace. Uh, Swanton finishes 18-6. and six. Uh, just struggled shooting the ball. Uh, led two nothing on a Cole Mitchie dunk to start the game, only lead of the game. Uh, Wayne Trace fourth hey, at district least it was on a dunk. Fourth district title game appearance for Wayne Trace. Obviously, the previous two seasons knocked out by uh, the OG Titans. We went over the OG Bluffton game with Coach McLaughlin. Uh, that was sixty three to forty two. OG the winner there. Um, Couple other uh, games from Wednesday. Wasion uh, versus Rossford. Rossford was able to avenge the regular season loss to Wasion, came out on top 38 uh, 21. Wasion was 2 of 13 from behind the arc, uh, a team that likes to make the three pointers, just unable to get anything to go. Um, and Rossford ended up playing Toledo Central Catholic, and Rossford ended up winning that game to get their first district championship Down, since 19, go the Irish. since 1989. <laughs> Uh, So good win there for for Rossford. Uh, Defiance was able to beat Lima Sean.
0: Oh my. Lima Sean. 65
2: 58, a game that was, you know, Defiance just really struggled. For the second consecutive game, uh, Defiance off to a slow start. So uh, we do have one note and a soundbite from Wednesday's game. Uh, the, the note that I wanted to put out is Crestview. Uh, this actually might have been on Saturday, but Crestview rallied from down 14 in the fourth quarter and yep. upsets Ottoville 63-61 to 61 in double overtime in a light of Fieldhouse wow. uh, in a game that was probably just on the edge of their seats. Um, shout out to Elida Fieldhouse. Other than the phone service out there, it's a great atmosphere. <laughs> yes. It's a great place to be. Uh, There's a lot of seats. Uh, it, it Just really uh, a really nice arena. So good stuff there. Um, Our soundbite is from the Van Wert St. Mary's District Semifinal Matchup. Uh, a game, it was a rematch from the regular season. Uh, St. Mary's with a committed Ohio State Buckeye on the squad. A six eleven Austin Parks, uh, a very big post player, of, of uh, makes his thirtieth point at the free throw line, and then chaos ensued.
0: Maybe. 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 Oh.
2: Twenty nine tries to make it an even thirty, and he does. Van not going to take a
3: timeout. They'll bring it to Phillips. Phillips brings it down the floor. He'll get across half court. Shot goes up from the corner, and it's good. Oh, my. Oh, my. And they killed it. They killed it. They killed it. it. The Cougars win.
2: That was A.J. Prophet's game-winning three-pointer at the buzzer against St. Mary's. Uh, a game where A.J. Prophet had had a couple of three-pointers and none bigger than that one right yeah, there, a senior absolutely. that was not ready to have his season end. A fantastic shot uh, against St. Mary's. And like I said, Austin Parks uh, an Ohio State uh, commit, four-star accrued, very nice player. Uh, hats off to Van Wert. Uh, Cougar Nation! And, and, then, and then we'll jump right into Saturday's game, and Van Wert, uh, followed that up with a 69 43 thrashing of Defiance. Cougar
0: Nation, um, let's ride. I, <laughs> I, I,
2: Cougar I Nation, honestly, let's ride. this one surprised me when I saw the score was like 53 or something like that to 27 at the end of the third quarter. Um, it just yeah, seemed Defiance like Defiance's shooting struggles finally mm-hmm. caught up with them. Yeah. They had escaped in the first couple games. You know, we talked about them struggling over the last two games. It just seemed like they escaped in that, in those two games. This game, it caught up with them a little bit. Uh, just unable to stop Van Wert's offense, the the way that they were moving the ball. Caden Uh Defiance will finish the season at 20-5. and Caden Zachrich at 17. Braden Shaw was 16. Uh, we forgot to mention Braden Shaw also hit his 1,000th point in the Defiance Shawnee game So, congratulations to Braden Shaw on that. Uh, both of those guys are seniors, so they will be leaving the Defiance program, uh, so Defiance is going to have to find some kids, uh, obviously losing two prolific scorers the way they are this year. They're going to have to find some some guys to make up for that. Um, uh, we talked about this with Coach McLaughlin. OG defeated Spencerville 78-51, 14-team <clears throat> three-pointers on that one. And, you know, as Gosh, Coach McLaughlin. Dang. Yeah, it's just not something that they're used to doing. They like to get it inside. Uh, they, <clears throat> they like to use mid-range, move the ball, get open looks. Uh, not usually 14 threes, maybe five in a game or something like that as their average. But, hey, they're going to go. They're going to go. Uh, you know, starters didn't play the entire fourth quarter. It was a running clock. So, yep. uh, congratulations to OG. Uh, last one – or, excuse me, second to last one before we talk about the motherboard. Uh, Patrick Henry defeated Antwerp on Friday night 35-22 to uh, in a, a game where Patrick Henry I'm held expecting. Antwerp to – uh, nine points in
1: the second half outscored them twenty-four to nine in the second half. Wow! Yeah, I mean this game was just as physical as the Airsville game. I mean they were up; they were up in their grill, denying the next pass. I mean Patrick Henry is athletic and physical. I mean those are two very scary combinations. And, and Patrick Henry hadn't been in that position since two thousand and two. Yeah.
2: And um, Antwerp had had three straight appearances in that game. So despite the fact that Antwerp had been there before. Uh, Patrick Henry looked like the more poised team, and I think the more complete team. Uh, you know, Antwerp is a is a nice team. Uh, but I think they ro- uh, run with Landon Brewer and the mm-hmm. Ultimus kid, and uh, you know Brewer was unable to really get going. They did a nice job shutting him down and taking him out of his element. And then Ultimus is a nice three-point shooter where they get some momentum, and he didn't have any really big momentum-gaining threes. And yeah. I think that's a big thing at this stage where you're at in the tournament. You got to try to keep some of the momentum down. Well, you know, like don't. we talked about with the LC crowd, it was yeah. it was unbelievable. Yeah, so. no,
0: well, knowing PH Phil, you and I. Uh, once P, once you give pH even a small spark of momentum they will just run with it and it just snowballs after that and it's impossible it's really hard to uh, shoot down a pH uh, momentum string uh, and one thing also I noticed that I don't know I don't understand it um, I don't know why the GMC has just a horrible resume against NWOL teams and any other in most, I think physicality. That's all and about just, physicality. It's, it always, is. it's always been like that. I just, and I've noticed that over the years that it's all about it's physicality. Always my NWAL over uh, just topping over GMC schools. So
1: we give a lot of credit to PH the way they defended Landon Brewer. I mean, he only ended up with seven points. So you keep a guy that's averaging over twenty a game. That's phenomenal. I mean, Edward they just couldn't hit a shot. Yep. I mean, they needed that one big shot to really get back into it, and it just offense was hard to come by. Yeah, 100, percent and uh, Patrick Henry will move to 21 and
2: four, or excuse me, will move to 20 and five, and they will play the 21 and four Marion local Flyers, oh. 6 <laughs> p.m. <laughs> Tuesday night at the Stroh Center in BG. That's, that's uh,
0: must watch because. These teams absolutely. have not
2: seen each other since the gridiron in 2019 uh, in the playoffs in football. So that's the last time these two teams have seen each other. Just got hey. something to
1: say, real quick. What's Sorry talk over We're you. Good. Landon Krieger, please get healthy. Because Lincoln he, Krieger, 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 yeah. Krieger for Peach. Yeah, healthy. please get healthy. He had a flu in the Ayersville game and then a little bit in the Antwerp game, so please get oh, healthy. So it's it's going to be fun. It was a
0: Krieger flu game. It
1: was. <laughs> well, he
2: only had two points,
1: but yeah. still, but still though, please please defensive effort. his defensive effort is yeah.
2: going to make a difference. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll go on to the last game of the night. Um, An absolute thriller at the Grand Canyon between Wayne Trace and Emmanuel Christian uh, a game where Wayne Trace had only three kids score. Uh-huh. Uh, Emmanuel Christian in the first half kind of really – just really out-jumped Wayne Trace. You know, I, I kind of felt like Wayne Trace was maybe was maybe a little bit um, in their own head, timid, like, oh, uh-huh. no, like, we're playing Jerry Easter. Like, this is Emmanuel Christian. You know, he's a four-star recruit, a top recruit in Ohio, and – it, it definitely looked like Wayne Trace was a little shaken in the first quarter, uh, finding themselves down 15 to three at one point uh, and then ended up uh 1511 at the end of the first quarter. so uh give give Wayne Trace credit for settling in after Absolutely. the first you know first couple of minutes there or the first eight minutes there and really making this a, a very competitive
1: game all the way through. I mean you talk about settling in. that was the exact right word to use. I mean you just sometimes you just gotta see some shots go in. you're like, oh, we can do this sometimes you just the hype is just tick this overtakes you sometimes yeah and you know Walkhoff had 13
2: in the first half Stoller had 10 in the first half uh, the story of the game for me changed a little bit in the second half you could see uh, the momentum starting to climb with Wayne Trace um, y- you could just tell that their crowd was was very I mean it was very Wayne Trace oriented crowd I'm willing to bet that you could have taken how many spectators were there from outside of those two schools and there was probably as many of those spectators as there were Emmanuel Christian followers there. I mean, Wayne Trace heavily outweighed that crowd. It was a packed house. It was loud, and Emmanuel Christian was playing very, very physical. And Emmanuel Christian struggled with that yep. uh, from start to finish. You could see the frustration um, on on the visibly on the face of Emmanuel Christian players. They were getting very frustrated, uh, not just with. Um, the defensive effort but I think they were feeling like they were get, not getting any calls and you know I think that they let that determine a little bit how they played in the second half and Wayne Trace was able to capitalize on some of that and stay within themselves and, and were able to win this basketball game. Uh, Brooks Lockoff ended the game with 25 points uh, but the hero uh, of the game is Kyle Stoller and uh, we have a sound bite for that one as well and uh this was with about eight seconds left to go in the fourth quarter. Wayne Trace had had the ball uh, for about a minute and 15 seconds left to, to end the fourth quarter. Uh, took a timeout with about 48 seconds. Took a timeout with about 27 seconds left. Uh, just couldn't find anything they wanted. Uh, a ball squirted out of bounds off of a Wayne or off of an Emmanuel Christian player. Uh, and Emmanuel Christian, or excuse me, Wayne Trace had to inbound it from underneath their own basket for a chance to win. And uh,
1: What's that? I think you do. You don't?
0: Hold on. I got you, Phil. I got you. I got you.
1: Um, but anyway, uh, so you keep going. I mean, sometimes in a game where you're, you're not favored, some things have to happen. Like eventually a a Emmanuel Christian player threw the ball off the side of the backboard. Yeah. Yeah. And it got the
2: ball back. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. That was, that was one of the craziest things I'd ever seen. Like that they, that they did that. I just couldn't believe that he was able to, uh, um, yeah, yeah. didn't send the one that I had. All right. Other one to you. I got it. I got. I got it pulled up here. Is that the one with the broadcaster
0: doing it? No, it's the one that you sent me.
2: Oh no no no! I want the no 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 no! I want the sound.
0: Ah, uh, well.
2: Just give me it. Just give me two seconds. I, I got. Ladies
0: you. and gentlemen, this is the day we mark in history that the Enzo Militia is having technical difficulties. I don't even think we're
2: having board. technical difficulties. I just you know we're we're all doing stuff here, we're all doing stuff there, and we're all doing stuff over here, over yeah, there, mm-hmm.
0: here, over there. Okay, Doctor Seuss, I see you. No, but
2: anyway, um. You know, we saw – you know, you, Cade, you wanted to mention one thing uh, with the Emmanuel Christian stuff, and I think this is a good point. You know, you saw a couple of Emanuel Christian fans um, being escorted out of, really? the, sta- of the stadium. Four of them. Really? Four really? Emmanuel Christian fans escorted out of the stadium uh, due to some uh, bad calls or they weren't happy or whatever, and, you know, they weren't happy with what was going on. Six, and five, over to Stoller, shoots a th- – that oh, way so that was we okay. all right, we got okay, it now, we got now. now. So we we will share the soundbite with you. This was with about eight seconds left to go in the ball game. Wayne Trace had it out of bounds underneath. Um like Cade just said, with about a minute and twenty seconds left, Emmanuel Christian had the ball up two and they threw an inbounds pass and it hit off of the back of the backboard, which is a new rule. That if it hit the backboard to four it was okay. Now if it's any point of the backboard, it's an automatic turnover and team's yep. ball. It's a new rule. So that's what happened and here was the final play of the game.
3: Lock Seven seconds left. Six, five, over to Stoller, shoots a three. Got it! Got it! 2.2 seconds
1: left.
2: And if you, you, you can go on our Facebook page and you can see the, the, the video that I posted of that, of that shot. Um, it was just incredible. Uh, Brooks Lockup had a, you know was able to go up there and get it. He knew, he knew that Emmanuel Christian was not going to let him beat them. Um, and when he saw both guys shift over to him, when Kyle popped out after the screen, when he saw both guys go with him, um, Kyle was in rhythm, uh, beautiful shot. Absolutely. I mean, me and Cade had probably the best angle in the house on it. We both said it looked good. On the video that I have, I think you actually hear him in the background say, got it. Um, just a good angle at it. But what a win for the Raiders. And uh, just, just to be able to beat – Emmanuel Christian in that fashion. Hey, Kyle Stoller gets his 1,000th career point, and oh, then three God. days later hits a game winner against the number one seeded Emmanuel Christian. Um, I, I, you, you just can't write a script any better no, than that. Cannot. I, well, this, I, this
0: is this is March, man. It is. The it madness is, is upon us. And, and
2: I talked to, talk to Kyle after it's the here. game. It's here. The madness is here. I did talk to Kyle after the game. I talked to Kyle after the game, and, you know, I talked to him about it, and, I, you know, what was going through your mind, and – he said, you know, that's a play that we've seen a couple of times uh, throughout the year. You know, you know that Brooks is going to get some attention. You know, I caught the ball. I saw the rim, took a breath, and, you know, just I shot it. I held my follow through. He thought it looked good you know, that was something that they work on where he pops out on the high ball screen. Kyle, very capable shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, a kid that had 10 points at the half, only had one three in the second half, a big three in the third quarter, held scoreless the entire fourth quarter, had a great post move underneath, ball that just spin out yeah. to tie the game up, didn't get it to go. To have the confidence not to let that, or to, to deteriorate you from wanting to take that shot, ultimate confidence, nailed it at the buzzer. And Wayne Trace is going to move on, and they are going to play Kentrel, uh, I'm sorry, Canton Central Catholic, and that game will be next week uh, at the Stroh Center as well. Um, I believe that is either the earlier or the late game. They are the it's early on game. The early game on Wednesday, so that will be the 6 p.m. game, and then the OG. Cardinal stretch game will follow Wednesday, and that will be at 8 p.m. Once again, Patrick Henry will be at the Stroh Center on Tuesday, and that will be at 6 p.m. So, guys, uh, before we close it out, uh, three area teams left. Uh, You know, we started with 12 on each side, boys and girls, uh, down to state championship wrestling. you know we're coming to a close on our winter season. Yep. Uh, we're getting some things around our our website is already uh, to be getting going. We're coming up with some ideas and stuff like that uh, for that. Uh, a lot of good things going on here. So
0: in uh, a few upcoming interviews for our preseason previews of the spring sports. So we're looking very forward to that.
2: Yeah, it should be a nice should be a nice spring sports. Hopefully the weather is a little bit more cooperative this year. We don't have nine games canceled like we did last year, but yep. um. Man, I you know, we've seen six buzzer beaters in the tournament. Uh I think St. John's had one against Whitmer this past weekend. Yes, they did. Uh in the division one bracket. So uh a lot of buzzer beaters. This is March. It's here, it's upon us. Uh next week, um I believe that the the Big Ten turn are the all the conference tournaments should be completed by next weekend. Except uh, the Big so Ten one, right? Or maybe Big- so we'll We'll probably wait two weeks before we do our March Madness episode. Next week we'll start talking a little bit about spring stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll jump into that. So, a lot of stuff going on uh, over here. We'll 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 be sure to follow PH and OG and Wayne Trace as they go down the regional tournament to trail, trail now uh, over at the Stroh Center. Great great environment over there. I've so, been to many BG games, sat courtside, do a couple BG games over there. Great great atmosphere at the Stroh Center. Unfortunately, never got the chance to play over there, but uh great atmosphere uh and i'm really looking forward to seeing those teams compete uh you know especially ph hasn't been there in a while Marion local and them have kind of become a little a little rivalry. out of league rivalry. rivalry and uh i think that could be a really interesting game as well oh,
0: Yeah, absolutely so we got anything else to say boys uh no
2: girls basketball presented our uh, boys basketball presented by ab perfectionist painting and knock it out drywall you can call uh the guys at 419-906-1627 they'll take care of all your painting you know it's Painting needs, all your drywall needs, uh, quality painting made easy with those guys over there. Shout out to Dorian Hooker's Pro Day Performance Training and Jordan Burdue over there. They do a great job, training Division One athletes from all around Northwest Ohio. Uh, give those guys a call. They are fantastic.
0: And also shout outs to Mr. Field Goal himself, Josh Martin, uh, Three Court Studios, Swat and Welding. Uh, and LC <laughs> Tiger Sports Live. And LC Tiger Sports Live. So, with that being said, I'm your host, Isaiah Markle. I'm
2: your co-host, the Snowman. And just remember... Oh, are you going to introduce... We, uh, we, just, we No, have you, I think we think
1: going to say stats are cool. That's what I was waiting for, too. Oh, well, just, <laughs> I'm the Snowman, and just
2: remember that stats are cool, and also with three-chord, you can sign a screen, it, sew it, and print it. Absolutely. And... Cade Bidlack. Cade's the man. Cade. If he can't Kade. Kade. do it, no one
0: can. Kade. Cap- Captain Cade,
1: man. Captain Cade, hey! Hey! Hey!
0: C- captain, you might been replaced. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> He's the captain. The captain. And uh shout-out to Mark Bly for helping us out today. <laughs> and this is End Zone Militia. And just remember, folks, there are no end zones in basketball.
4: Not a single one.
0: Not one.